Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey, good morning and welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. We are so glad to have you with us today. Yes, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to our, as I like to say, our humble little show. (laughs) Um, It means a lot that you guys tune in every week. And to any new listeners that we have, welcome. Welcome aboard. Yes. I hope you'll stay with us. Yes. So we are very excited today. Yes. I'm, I'm especially excited. I had trouble going to sleep last night. She, I was she, so excited. She really did. We, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We were hungry at 3 a.m. and I made waffles. <laughs> I, I did. I, uh, I, we're, I'm, she, gluten-free. 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 So, gluten-free but, but yeah. That doesn't count. No, but yeah, I, we were just, we were both hungry and I'm like, what am I, what am I going to eat at doing? 3 a.m.? Waffles. I'm making waffles. <laughs> so one of those mornings you wake up the next morning after you've had your 3 a.m. waffles and your shirt's covered with <laughs> syrup. maple syrup and you don't know why you stink. <laughs> that, that's probably a little too much information, babe. <laughs> it's okay. They, they love us. It's oh, yeah. okay. All right. So anyway, as I was saying, Joe and I are very excited about this show today. Uh, when we started this podcast, we had hoped to get today's guests on someday, but we weren't sure we could make it happen. And now it is happening, and we couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, This couple first appeared on MTV's 16 and Pregnant, where we were all captivated by their story and their choice to give their child a better home. Eventually, MTV started a new series called Teen Mom, where they have without a doubt become one of the most popular couples on the show. So please welcome today, Caitlin and Tyler Baltera. Hi. Hello, guys. <laughs> Yay. Hi. Thanks, you guys, for joining us. Um, we we are truly honored to have you on the show today. We we really are. Um, we've personally we've been fans of you guys from from day one. Um, You're the only ones Joe will watch. Yeah. I I, I, <laughs> I, I leave the room when whenever somebody a certain person her her name begins with f uh when she's on the screen i walk out so what well, i, but then, I, don't, I don't think you have to walk out of the room anymore mm-hmm. yeah no thank god so that's exciting yeah that is that's awesome so we're we're happy hey but oh <laughs> but, that's a shame that's a shame oh uh, anyway um do you guys have any questions for us before we get started? No. I mean, I no, not really. <laughs> no. I'm ready to get into it. <laughs> Sweet. All okay. right. Cool. If you guys could just uh, get a little touch louder, you're a little bit quiet on your end. Right. Okay. Yeah, maybe just talk a little closer. Okay. There okay. We That's there we better. go. That's, That's awesome. Yes. Beautiful. I can hear you. Yay. Okay. So let's get started. Uh, for... Anyone that doesn't know your whole story, could you uh, each just take a minute and tell us where your mental health journey begins? Um, My mental health journey began, actually, I would say around the age of 20 is when I had my very first ever uh, panic attack. Mm -hmm. 
um, which led me into like a huge depression because I've never I'd never struggled with it before and didn't know what it was. Um, I mean, I know now, obviously, that I'm older, that I think I had anxiety a lot of my life as a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. But so really it started at the age of 20 and now I'm 26 um, and I've been kind of dealing with it, working on it. Um, So, yeah, it kind of hit me like mostly in my adult life. Okay. Yeah, that one thing that we've found uh, with with as long as we've been doing the show and the different people we've talked to is that it seems to be something that manifests, you know, Around through, through 18, your teens, yeah, 20. Your, your late your late teens into your early twenties. Um, it's just how it's it's been that we've noticed, and I, I wonder if there's any type of correlation with you know stuff like puberty and whatnot. Um, I think that's something that I might look into and just kind of research. Yeah. You know. And what about you, Tyler? Well, see, me, I mean, I kind of, um, I actually probably started out a little younger. Uh, I was like around um, 11 years old, and that's kind of when I first started feeling really, uh, like, depressed, and I kind of was having, like, mood swings in school and kind of, uh, you know, acting out behavior-wise, doing really good, getting good grades one week, and the next week I'm suspended for two weeks, so... Um, and then obviously my dad, you know, going in and out of prison all the time. So at 11 though, was when yeah. I, uh, was my, um, that's when I attempted suicide failed. Um, but wow. so after that, my mom started taking me to therapy. And so from then on, I just, you know, pretty much gone off and on, uh, my whole life. I was on antidepressants for a little bit, uh, when I was that young and then eventually got off them, you know, as I got older into teenagehood and, you know, felt like, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So, and then now, I mean, I still continue to go to therapy and stuff. So, um, yeah, I do, I'm trying to do a lot of, you know, um, natural stuff as I can. So. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so what are the official diagnoses that you, that you both have just out of curiosity? Um, for me, um, sorry, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone was beeping in, so I was like, that's annoying. <laughs> so, um, my official diagnoses or diagnoses, because I have multiple of them, um, is panic disorder, um, PTSD. Um, I like to call myself a trauma survivor, um, and um, it's like depression, but it's like co-occurring depression or something like that, where it like it'll go away and then eventually it'll come back with the panic disorder. And so, yeah, but I, it kind of like surprised me to learn that like I was diagnosed with PTSD. I think a lot of people think that um, it's just like, you know, people in the army or Marines or soldiers only get PTSD. Right. So, I mean, I was like really shocked by it. I was like, wow, like. You know, I, who would have thought that, like, I would have something like that? I was kind of, you know, but it makes a lot of sense, too. So, I mean, that's my newest diagnosis is the PTSD. Wow. Oh, okay. Okay. And Tyler? Yeah, well, me, actually, uh, I've, you know, I've, they've diagnosed me with depression, you know, here and there, whenever I've gone back to therapy and whatnot uh, throughout, you know, kind of my whole life. But uh, recently I went to a new place, and they um, – actually 
you know, based off of the couple sessions I had with them, I said, you know, looking at the kind of snapshot version of, uh, of who you are and your symptoms and stuff, you know, we think you may be, you know, on the, on the bipolar spectrum is what they call it. They believe it's kind of more of a spectrum uh, kind of illness and not so black and white. And there's people who, you know, have different, it affects them differently and stuff. So uh, that was pretty shocking to figure out, but also it made a lot of sense uh, going back mm-hmm. to like when I was younger and then, you know, just weird random, uh, you know, kind of waves I felt like as a kid. And then it was weird. So it was just like kind of, you know, a lot to obviously uh, digest in a day. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, getting into it though with therapy and stuff and kind of just managing that stuff. So, exploring it more. Okay. So, Caitlin, how has having your struggles play out in front of the camera affected your mental health? I mean, honestly, I talked a lot about it with my therapist when I was in treatment and, um, my whole thing of like me being like vulnerable and sharing it, like I, I could have said to my producers and the people at, you know, that work on the show and they would have totally understood if I was like, listen, I'm going through a rough time. I'm not filming it. I don't want it to be aired. Like I could have, and I could have that power and I could not share that. Um, but for me, my whole thing is, is like, I want, if I can save somebody's life and, show them that you know it's okay to not be okay sometimes and there's things that you can do to get help um that's the only reason why I did it I wanted to bring awareness to you know the mental health issues um and that it's real and that you know you're just not like oh you know some people think like oh you're depressed well get the hell out of bed and it's like no Mm -hmm. that's not how it works you know um I just really wanted to shine a light on that. And I think that's why I was so vulnerable with it. And even my therapist when I was away was like, you know, I think that's a positive thing. Like, so there was way more positives than there were negatives. I mean, you know, some stuff aired last night, even, and it's like on Twitter, people, some people, you have like, you know, I have like 50 people who are like, Oh my gosh, like you're so inspiring. Like, thank you so much for sharing Mm -hmm. this. Like you showed Mm -hmm. me that I could get help or, you know, like people asking me for advice. And then you have out of the 50, it's maybe like two people who just don't really understand it. And so they'll say things and it's like, okay, you know, so honestly it's been really good just to see the impact that me being so vulnerable and sharing my struggles with the world can help somebody else. So, I mean, honestly, that's the only reason why I was so honest and shared it all. And that's, and that's awesome. You yeah. know, I mean, it, Thanks. one thing that, you know, our, uh, our, our goal doing the show, you know, is, is a similar thing is we're trying to raise awareness. We're trying to show people the reality of what people with, with various mental illness, what they go through on the, on the day to day. And, mm-hmm. you know, you being brave enough to put your story out there, you, you both, um, it's just, it, it helps just knock that wall of stigma down, you know? Um, so thank you for your courage. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that's, that's <laughs> one thing I can say about you guys is that you have some, some really great fans. You have some people that just absolutely adore you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, we've been having people uh, tweet questions for you guys and I've been keeping track of all of them. I mean, we're not going to get to all of them today, but we'll get to a few of them. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, the 
the bulk of the questions were all positive feedback, you know, uh, how's Caitlin doing, you know, send her my love and everything. And then there's a couple people here and there that kind of weren't that great, but you're going to get that with everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's for sure. Like we could be, we could be like saving kids and doing all tons of stuff and you're still going to have haters. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Why didn't you save that puppy too? God. (laughs) Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I went through that when I when I put my book out. The first few bad reviews were just I I just hadn't prepared myself for it, and I actually would try to get into a conversation with the person and be like, well, why? And then then it got even worse, and finally I just had to learn to just ignore it. But <laughs> yeah, um, ignore and block my two favorite pastimes. Absolutely, time. I love the block button. <laughs> yeah, we use the yeah, block button a lot. <laughs> It's it's pretty outstanding. I got. Well, thank admit. you for not using it on me. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I I I'm glad I uh, actually went and instant messaged you on Twitter, and that's kind of crazy how social media can uh, connect people. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it really is. She was so excited when she heard from you, Tyler. I, I can't. <laughs> well, she wrote. Yeah, describe. she actually wrote me a message a while ago, and I and I and but I think we chit chatted back and forth a little bit and said you know something, and then you know a year later all this stuff happened with Kate, and then you know. Of course, Kate's a lot more gracious than I am. Sometimes I can't have to respond. <laughs> I feel like I have to respond to certain people, and not just because to, you know, prove a point, but just to, um, you know, try to educate them because I feel like what they say is just – it's out of ignorance. They just don't know, you yeah. know. So it's mm-hmm. like, I mean – and honestly, even just doing this kind of stuff, we're talking about it. Even if they're talking about it, they're talking about it. We're, we're, we're you know, making people um, speak about it, which is the most important thing. So that will definitely help end the stigma. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Um, you each have addiction in your families. Does that hold any concern for you for the future? I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I feel like the addictions um, kind of bred out of a environment that the kids raised in, and just I don't know. I, so I mean, we're trying to break the cycle uh, as far <laughs> as how we raise our kids, um, but you know, I feel like addiction is just kind of so so much a part of our family that it's always going to be something we'll probably have to deal with and talk about and process and that kind of stuff but you know the older you get the more wiser you get i guess yeah yeah and i i agree with tyler like you know i feel like in a way we're breaking the cycle and even with me like yeah there's addiction in my family too but it's also about like setting boundaries with those people and sticking to those boundaries to protect yourself and protect your family um doesn't mean you can't have a relationship or I mean, sometimes it leads to that if it's affecting you too much. But so, I mean, learning just to set boundaries with those people and being open and honest and saying, like, this is how you affect me and this is what I can't deal with. And this is what I'm going to have to do to protect myself and our daughter, you know. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Good exactly. point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you have to be able to do that. For sure. I know I have to do it in, in my life. I mean, there's. There's a whole lot of people <laughs> in both of our lives, actually, who are not factors any longer because we just couldn't handle what they were bringing to the relationship. So exactly. We had to exit stage left. Yeah, we kind of think we evaluate everyone in our life kind of in a way that's like if they're not, you know, if, if people aren't going to benefit uh, you know, your well-being or bring negativity around, it's probably best to just, you know, cut them out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, at least until they kind of figure out what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, and then point, you, know, you have to be a little selfish sometimes. Yeah. For sure. Take exactly. Yourself, you know. Um. So tell us about your book, Conquering Chaos. Oh, the book. Oh gosh. Well, it's been what? <laughs> three, three. What's been two, three years since he wrote it? I can't remember exactly. Like now. Riley. Um, I was pregnant with no- I was pregnant with Nova, so it's probably almost four years. Yeah, three, years. Yeah, three or four years. But uh, yeah, that book was uh, that was our first kind of little um project that we wanted to do uh, just to showcase, you know, because people just saw us from the ages of sixteen, seventeen on. So yeah, so they think we know they they think they know everything about us. Um, but you know there was a long, you know, fifteen years before the camera started rolling that me and Kate both went through that we thought were you know was important to uh, share with people. Um, kind of just the whole point of the more we can spread awareness, the more we can talk about stuff, the more you know um, non-biased people will be with everything. And also, it's like a lot of people, like, we always got the comment of, like, you guys are just so wise and so, like, smart. And it's like, me and Tyler are like, we need to write a book because what we did as kids and the crap that we went through, we were not good kids. And (laughs) we were bad kids. We acted out. We did crazy things. Um, And really, you know, up in, in that book, we talk about all of our past and, like, drinking at a really young age and you know, doing drugs and I think we both suffered and stuff. We thought it was really important for people to know that, um, you know, this doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's kind of built uh, by experiences, you know, so it's important to share them. And then in our book, it's like, you know, it, it leads up to a point where it's like when we get pregnant with Carly and like how it changed us. Like we were like, wow, like, it was weird for us. I feel like as teenagers, a lot of us feel like we're just like nothing can affect us. Like, oh, my friends are getting pregnant, but it's not going to happen to me, or you know, like it's not going. It's just not going to happen to us. Um, and so, what really, when we got pregnant with Carly, I think that's when it was like, whoa, like life is real, and that's <laughs> happened. And like, what are we going to do? And we had to like really just kind of like grow. I think we grew up. I mean, we were already mature for our age. But I feel like mm-hmm. that even made us even like mature even faster and realize the things that when we did become parents, what we wanted to be like and like what we wanted for our children. Um, you know, because having gone through that situation with Carly, it was like, well, the next time we get pregnant, we're doing things way different. You know. So. <laughs> yeah. It was funny in that book how it, I could see that progression. It was like crazy, 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 wild, crazy teenagers, and then boom, it was like, wow, we have to make this adult decision. So. And it kind of ended up changing our whole perception of kind of where we wanted to keep this life of ours, where, like, where we're going to do with it, where we're going to go, you know, kind of, and we just made us reevaluate everything uh, that we were kind of ignoring when we were young and just partying and being wild, so, big wake-up call. Yeah, there's, there's an air of, when you're, when you're in that age range, there's this air of invincibility, you know, oh, that can't happen to me, I'll be fine, and then you go through this life-changing event. And all of a sudden you're not, you don't have that mindset anymore. You know, you're, you're not invincible. You know, things, things, like you said, things get a lot more real, you know? And, uh, you know, that was when, when we first started watching you guys, uh, that was one thing that, that really grabbed me was the maturity. I mean, you, you guys made some difficult decisions, you know, and, you know, hats off to you because there's a lot of other people that, that, 
wouldn't and don't. And um, and the people that were closest to you didn't agree with your decisions. So, you know, for you to be able to stick to your choices, mm-hmm. you know, that was something that, that we were just absolutely struck by. And, you know, knowing that we're all in the same state, Joe and I would watch this. And I think I told Tyler this, that we would watch where you guys were filming and stuff and see if it was any place that we knew. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think you were actually at a restaurant like a week before we were at a restaurant, the same one for your aunt Rose's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. We were, oh. And I was like, Oh, we just missed it. <laughs> but no, we were determined that we were going to run into you guys somehow and tell you how much we appreciated you and your story. Yeah. So this is, like I said, at the opening, this is uh, very exciting for us to be able to, to share it with you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. I mean, honestly, it's funny too because you talk about how our parents and stuff were opposed to the adoption and stuff, and we get a lot of Michigan people that write me and like, "Oh my God, your dad is just like my dad, or he's just like my uncle," and he's just—it's kind of that like Metro Detroit just attitude, that <laughs> <laughs> mentality. So it's funny. Good old Michigan. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so you guys, we are twenty minutes in. We're going to take a quick break. Um, good good chance to stretch your legs or what have you. Take a pee. Yeah. I, well, I wasn't <laughs> going to go there, but, you know. We're all grown up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're going to be listening to 11 Blocks by Rabble. So we'll be right back. 11 Blocks from my door to your doorstep. Three years later and it feels too close. Thought I broke the last of that breakdown The morning I sold you in a coat It doesn't feel right when I'm grabbing a coffee The same old spot but I'm on my own I feel okay in the day but at night time You know how I get when I'm alone Cause my mind Myself counting on the way. Right when I stepped in the door to the party, I stepped outside to grab smoke. You know how I.
blocks from my door to your doorstep Three years later and it feels too close Hey, welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0. I'm Joe. The beautiful woman sitting next to me is Rebecca. Who? You. (laughs) And we, if you're just tuning in, are talking to the wonderful Tyler and Caitlin from MTV's Teen Mom and uh, other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was a little unprepared on that one. Sorry. Hi, guys. Hi. Okay, so our our next question for you guys is what and and you can each take a minute to you know present your opinion on this, but what do you think are the biggest misconceptions surrounding mental illness? I think the biggest misconception that I see most of the time uh is that like it's a it's like a um personality like deficiency or something or like the yeah like a defect in the person like oh they're just lazy or oh they don't have hobbies or oh they need to get up they need to you know it's like everyone just it's like they don't they're not even researching it they're else they would know that's what i mean but they all they just go across saying like i don't know that it's like kind of like the personality behavior issue not necessarily like an actual uh, mental condition. I mean, it's an illness, so I don't, yeah. So that's the biggest one I see most of the time. Mm-hmm. I I can agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's super annoying. It's irritating because, like, I know if you would if you would just research, I mean, we're, it's 2018. Like, ignorance is a choice now. You know, you, we, everything's at our fingertips. Google it, research, read articles, educate yourself. You know, it just it just bothers me. So that's why it's really important we're doing this kind of podcast. You guys started that hashtag, and you know, we're here talking about it. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's funny to me because I mean, Tyler like took the words out of my mouth, like how people said, hey, like, like it's like you know, oh well, she just needs to get out of bed and be like get over it. And it's like, well, if you had a panic disorder like I do, because I have like paralytic panic attacks, so it's like I can't do mm-hmm. anything, I can't function. If it gets to that point, like, if I can't do it, it's, like, plant anxiety, I can, like, work through it. So when it gets to, like, the major panic attack thing, like, there's nothing I can do. My psychiatrist even said, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, it's not going to go away. It's my nervous system that is just, like, at freeze mode and and fight at the same time. And it's, like, I can't just get out of bed and fix it. Like, I wish it was that easy, you know? Like, I wish I could just, you know switch something in my head and not have to deal with depression or anxiety. Like that would be great. Believe me. I would love and, to do that. And people honestly seem to think that's what you need to do. Like, they, Oh, it's something you can just completely just, you know, if we could fix this, if we could change this just by switching a little behavior, then I mean, what it, no one would be depressed. Right. No one would have yeah, it. You know, so it's crazy to me. Exactly. You know, and the thing is, you're absolutely right about the the ignorance of it. You know, and the thing these people don't realize is, you know, with a with a mental illness, it's in your brain. You know, it's a it's a, a function of your brain. Your brain's an organ just like anything else. You know, you get heart disease or you get cancer or you get, you know, you break an arm or, you know, any of these other physical things that people not even necessarily that people can see because, you know, you can't see heart disease per se, you know, without having like an MRI or something, but it's acceptable and they don't question it, you know, or if you're diabetic or any any of these things, people get it and they understand and they're sympathetic. And for some reason they can't put together 
you know, the brain is an organ as well, and it, you know, it can be hurt and it can be sick, sick, you know, just like your heart, just like your lungs, you know, that I don't, you know, I don't get why people don't understand that, you know, it's like, oh, I got heart disease. I'll just walk it off. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. That's exactly what I feel like. Like if they have these certain diseases, people are just, oh, we'll just, you know, you know, pray about it more, get, get, get a hobby. It'll fix it. It's like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, I only have one thing to say about what you just said, and that is preach it. (laughs) Preach that stuff because it's so true. Like, you're preaching. Oh, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. That's funny. So, what are your guys' thoughts on mental illness stigma? I said your guys. I'm sorry. That's that's terrible English. <laughs> I do apologize for that. <laughs> it's a just us it's a just us Michigan. My grandparents tell me that all the time. They're like, you guys always say you guys or you guys is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it it kills me. It it kills me when I see that on T V and in movies and stuff. It's like, no, no, it's not your guys's. Please let's not do that. <laughs> and I and I just did Coming it. From I the just offer completely, here. Yeah. <laughs> I just broke her heart, guys. I, I gotta tell you by me saying that. All right, try it one more time. I'll try it one more time. So collectively, what are your thoughts on mental illness stigma? I think that it's just a lot of people that aren't educated about it or haven't witnessed it. So, um, or they haven't gone through anything themselves. Like they just don't. People just don't understand it. Um, and I don't, I don't really get why people feel like we're just like lazy or non-motivated or like you said earlier, like I wish people would realize that it's like you have an illness. That's why it's called mental illness. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. Like our brains are hardwired a certain way for anxiety and trauma. Um, And same with like depression or bipolar or, you know, all of these other disorders, schizophrenia and like all that kind of stuff, like your brain is sick. It's got, you know, whether it's a chemical imbalance or, you know, people just, I don't, I don't know, but I feel like people need to get more educated about it. Cause I feel like as, as the years go on and I'm getting older and Tyler's getting older and all these young kids are growing up, like, I feel like it's more common now for people to start having mental illness I see I'm like seeing it a lot more now and like when I hear like my grandma talk to me and stuff and she's like when we were younger like you didn't hear a lot about like you know bipolar or anything like that and I'm like well grandma like I think something's like going on like you know like I feel like there's just like a uprising with like all these mental illnesses and disorders and stuff like in these newer generations I am inclined to believe that it's always been with us. Yeah, it's just easier to talk about now. Yeah. Slightly. Slightly. Identify it. Yeah. Honestly, one thing that one thing that I uh when I started doing research about everything and just, you know, all the independent studies studies of things that I've done, um, I mean neural pathways are very sensitive things. They can get rerouted they can get I mean you can it's very interesting how you know, trauma really just kind of can actually change your brain, which, like you said, it's an, it's an organ. So it, it can be manipulated, mm-hmm. evolved. It can, and, you know, it can adapt. 
uh, usually it's like that's exactly what your brain is doing most of the time. Like I talked about it with my therapist, and there's like, you know, they said they don't really know why bipolar happens, uh, but they're learning and they're in the, and you know connecting it with you know just things uh, in your past. And so there's I think people collectively it's like you know we just gotta stop being ignorant, stop choosing to be ignorant because you don't have to in this day and age with all the technology we have, you know, just do research, figure things out. Don't just, don't just go and judge somebody because you heard your, you know, your uncle say, oh yeah, well, they're just lazy. Not you know what? Just, just do your own, you know, research, get your own opinions on it. Because I guarantee yeah. if you read, you know, one article on bipolar disorder or, you know, PTSD, you would, you would know exactly why. And I'm, and I think knowledge will create more empathy, sympathy, understanding. Yeah, I agree. You know, I and we Beck and I have talked about this before. You know, we think there needs to be mental health education programs in schools. You know, I mean, that's we about everything. We learn about lung cancer. We learn about we learn about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a very but we never focus on the brain. No, you know, like how like the, no. you know how your system can get messed up, your limbic system, and all the what trauma can do to the 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 front part, whatever it's called. You know, all that stuff is just. Yeah, the cortex, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to pretend that I know exactly, you know, what you know, I mean, just, yeah. We we won't judge Tyler. <laughs> we don't judge I don't know what the hell it's called here. I, all I know is frontal lobe. Yeah. Frontal cortex. Whatever. Frontal cortex. The thinky part. Yeah, the thinky think. part. There you go. Yeah, the thinky part. So. Yeah, no. There you go. <laughs> you know, that's just that's the, that's the one thing that we think, you know, really is is going to be key is, uh, you know, you got health classes in in school and sex ed. You know, why not? You know, especially when these kids are going into you know sixth seventh grade when they're when they're just becoming teenagers. Mm-hmm. When you when you've got that kind of you know, at this point, is a tra- to me, it's a track record. It's, you know, Tyler hit you at 11, you know, hit back, you know, in her mid-teens. And, you know, it's, if it's not pronounced by then, it shortly will be, you know. So if we make our kids uh, aware of to look for and what they could go through and all this different type of stuff. Not and how scary... to treat people that are dealing with it too. That's really important. Yeah, and not Absolutely. in a scary way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, 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 the sadder part is that you know the treatment part of these diseases and these illnesses involves often involves therapy, and people still have this like stigma around therapy and like you know like other people just don't, it, it doesn't do anything and why would I. I'm coming to solve my own problems and just all this, all the crazy stigma around therapy. When therapy is a form of treatment for some of these things, it's necessary. I mean, there are people who suffer from the mental illnesses that need to go to therapy daily, every single day. I mean, this is mm-hmm. like it's, it's super important. So the stigma needs to end around, uh, you know, getting therapy as well. It's crazy. Exactly. So, what do you guys think we need to do moving forward? If you could maybe pick one thing that that you think would help us make greater strides in, in breaking down the stigma. Well, I really like what you were just talking about is like, you know, there's, I think you're right about like it being educated in school and like 
talking about mental illnesses and stuff because we know more about it these days and we're more educated about it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think just like how Tyler said, like if, if you think some way, like don't be ignorant and research it. Look it up on the Internet. Um, you know, if it hasn't touched your life and you have a friend who's going through stuff, before you tell them what to do or what they should do, because you shouldn't be doing that anyways, Maybe you look up ways that you can help them, and you'll get educated about, like, oh, my gosh, wow, like she's really sick, or he's really sick, and I can't be telling him what to do, but I can give him, like, you know, options for therapy and stuff like that. I think it's just, like, more education. People just need more education about all of it together. we gotta keep, we got to just keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. Don't be ashamed of it. Keep, you know, be honest with your emotions. Just, you know, because that's a huge thing, that people, too, is people will feel weak if they – let someone know, or they, you know what I mean, they're too scared to come forward because they're worried about someone saying, oh, yeah, get over it, or, or not, you know, believing them, or whatever the case is, you know, we, guys, we just got to keep talking about it and letting everybody know that it's, it's completely normal and actually super healthy to um, have a community base, someone kind of similar to your, you know, situation that you can talk to. I mean, it helps. Mm-hmm. It's very important to just connect with people, connect with people, and learn, and just, you know, educate yourself. Just let you know, keep talking about it. And you right. can you can ask. I mean, that's the simplest way to to find out what's going on with a person if they have said that you know that they have a condition or they're acting as if they're down in the dumps or whatever. You can always ask them, and they probably would be glad to educate you on what's going on with them. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. You know, yeah. Important. Like me and Kate do, we, we believe that. Like me and her, like even every day, we just check in with each other. How are you doing? Are you feeling okay? Are you feeling good? Good. Good. You know, even you know, it's just something small, but it it it, it you know, it helps other people if maybe they're not feeling too good to open that door and just know that it's fine. Well, we haven't done this. Right. Right. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing really good. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing okay, pretty good. 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 Great. <laughs> <laughs> that easy. You know. <laughs> It's, it's a it's it's a, a component of compassion, really. You know, being and compassionate to people. Right, exactly. And when it comes to compassion for other people, you know, especially in this day and age with social media and the bashing that goes on back and forth through keyboard warriors and trolls and all that kind of stuff, it's like we really suck at loving each other as human beings, yeah. as a society, and we need to get better at loving each other and understanding and being open-minded and trying to you know, um, connect with people and stop, you know, building walls up because your friends think the same thing or you want to, you know, be in a certain party or whatever the case is, you know, just let put the walls down, connect with people, and learn. That's why I don't have exactly. a smart phone anymore. That's why you don't have a what phone? That's why I don't have a smartphone anymore. I, I got rid of my iPhone and I'm like... I don't want Twitter. I don't want Instagram. I don't want Facebook. Like every now and then I'll check it on my phone or whatever. If I want to like tweet something, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. but I I rarely like read crap on it anymore because like some people would be so like, I use the block button a lot, but it's like some people would say such ignorant things and it's like, wow, if you were like, if I was a friend and I was depressed or suicidal or anything like that, like, I wouldn't come and talk to you. Yeah, I wouldn't come and talk to you, and I'm sure as hell that you probably wouldn't be saying those things to your friend if they were super depressed and suicidal. Like, people are just mean. They're cruel yeah. on the internet, you know? And it's they like, are. wow, people are just 
cruel when really it's like they all want to feel about some kind. They all want to be in this community, you know. So it's, oh, if this person hates them, all oh, everyone collectively, my five of my friends don't like this person. I'm gonna not like them too. And it's like if you just, you know, instead of bash them, why don't we uplift people on, online? Get get a community based around you know being positive toward other people. I mean, write notes yeah. to people, like encourage. I don't know, just you know, you just need exactly. to be nicer. <laughs> we need to start loving each other better. That's that's exactly right. You know, I, I I believe the same thing. You know, it's it's easy to hate and it's easy to say bad things and say negative things and point a finger and be lazy and not do the research. You know, um, like you were saying, Tyler. You know, Google when you know someone you love is going through something. You know, no, it's easier just to tell them to to get out of bed and do something. Mm-hmm. You know. You need a hobby. Yeah. Do yoga. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's like, do yoga, yeah. Meditate. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it's like, you know, if you really care about a person, you take the time to a- actually ask them, hey, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to make it better for you? Especially when they're struggling. I do that with Beck. If she's having a bad day, I'll look at her and I'll say, is there anything I can do to help to make it better? And a lot of times she'll say no, you know, and sometimes it's just a matter of me just spending time with her. And we don't even have to say anything. And it's just she has that comfort of knowing that I'm there for her in whatever way that she needs, you know. And, you know, I know you guys are the same way. You know, it's it's you have to have that care and compassion, you know, especially for people that you care about. It would be awesome if people would do that for strangers, you know, because right. – yes. You're right. There's not enough of this in the world, you know, where we should be loving each other more. Yeah, we have to, or else it's, we're just going to, I mean, oh, it's bad out there. You got to change it. <laughs> I, I, can, I can hear the frustration in your voice, yeah. Tyler. Yeah. I feel the same way, brother. I well, feel the same I way. I, I, was telling, I was telling Rebecca, that's why I wrote her, I was like, hey, you know what, I want to do this really bad. I was supposed to do the other podcast, and oh, once I, oh, once I saw the colleagues and how those two work, I'm like, this is not a podcast for me. I need to go find yeah. something that is really going to help this stigma. It's horrible. So this is, you know, great that we're able to talk about this. That's why Absolutely. Like, that's why, like, now you, like, you'll see, like, three-year-olds with tablets and stuff. And it's like, our kid has no tablet. Our kid probably mm-hmm. will not have a cell phone until she's, like, 13 or 14. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, yeah. like, I want, like, and I want her to know and educate her, too, that, like, if you see somebody having a rough time, don't go bully that kid. Because that's why you see these 11-year-old kids, 12-year-old kids, stuff like that, committing suicide because they're getting bullied on the Internet and mm-hmm. bullied at school. And then they don't feel like they can open up to their parents. And it's because they have all that technology right in their hand. Like, I want to educate my daughter. And, like, no, you go befriend that person. You see if you can help that person. Yeah, yeah have compassion, like you said, for that mm-hmm. person. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Kids, I feel like it's a lot too with the younger generations too. Is like the parents need to educate their children more about like not bullying, not using the keyboard to say whatever you want yeah. to. Standing up for the small people, stand up for stick up for people. Don't be, you know, don't don't follow them around. You, know, you be the outcast. You, you know, you know, just have teach. You gotta teach your kids compassion. You really do because um, honestly, like, it's really sad the numbers of. Uh, you know, suicides in these young kids. I mean, we're talking 12 years old. I mean, this is like, yeah. I mean, like me attempting at, attempting at 11. I look back at it now. I mean, when I was 11, it was very serious and deep things. And now that I'm older and I went to therapy, my therapist was very thorough. She's like, do you understand what an 11-year-old brain is like? 
Like it's it's mm-hmm. a very naive, you know, black and white. Oh my God, world is you know you're still believing in fa- like they're in fantasy world. They're growing up. You're a kid. They're a kid. You're you're a kid. So it's like when yeah. you have have these feelings in a brain that is not really mature enough to even know how to handle it. It's very important that their parents do get educated and know and and kind of you know look for signs and just you know check in with your kids. Don't put them in front of a screen. You know, talk to them, get them, you know, I don't know, just connect with them. In, mom, interact. My mom, <laughs> yeah, interact. Interact, yeah. And that's, that's where my mom was really good, and I think that's why I'm, like, passionate about that, like, you know, sticking up, like Heller said, sticking up for the ones that, you know, are maybe getting bullied or picked on and stuff. Like, my mom used to always tell me when I was growing up, like, if you ever see anybody getting bullied or anything, like, you stand up for that person. You hang out with the quiet kids. You talk to them you know what I mean like I was never a bullier and like if I saw people getting bullied or something like that like I was the one to say something or if my friend said something to somebody else I'd be like whoa like that's not cool you know like because it's just like yeah you have to have compassion for other people and know you don't know what everybody else is going through in their day-to-day lives or what their home lives are like or you know right maybe their parents are raising alcoholics or you just don't know. You yeah. don't know their life. And don't believe the facade that they put online with social media because everyone seems that they have to go on social media and, like, portray this perfect little life of theirs because their friends do. And it's like, no, it's not. Be open. Be honest. Use social media as a tool to connect with people, you know? I'm going to eat the bully mm-hmm. exactly. or, you know, you're to be, you know, perfect or anything. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we are at the point for our next break. So uh, next up, there you'll be listening to Scott and Mitch of Pentatonics and their friends <laughs> with an acapella version of Katy Perry's Rise. We'll be right back. I won't justify how oh, you will see me thrive. Can write my story. I'm beyond the archetype.
Hey, welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0. We are so glad to have you with us today. Yes, indeed. Thank you for for tuning in, for listening, and uh, for buckling in for for an awesome ride that we're having today. (laughs) For our (laughs) two-hour epic show. Yeah, yeah, we like doing this once in a while. And who better to have on our show today than Tyler and Caitlin from Team Mom OG. That's right. You gotta get the OG. You gotta get the OG. What? <laughs> I bet you probably could have a couple of cooler people. Oh, shut up. Oh, no. No, no. We, no, you guys no. are the coolest. We we think you're groovy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Caitlin liked that one. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I did, I did. You know, I'm all about the 70s stuff. Yeah, yeah well, we're old enough. We, we uh, were shut up. born in the 70s. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. We're Yeah, we could we could be your parents. We, we actually could. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. We, we yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, so let's go on to the next question, if you're ready. Uh, ready. What is, okay, okay. What is your advice for anyone that's currently struggling with a mental illness and is too ashamed to get help? I think my thing would be, like, just, don't be ashamed. Like people use my saying all the time, I can't stress enough, but it's okay to not be okay. Like mm-hmm. something is going on. Talk to somebody that you feel comfortable with. And they're, I know your mind automatically jumps to like, oh my gosh, they're going to think like, oh God, what's wrong with her? Is, you know what I mean? Or people like my brain would think like, oh my God, I'm going to push people away that love me because they're going to be like, great. Caitlin's going through something again. And it's like your brain thinks that, but that's not how people act. If you're open and honest with people, like, especially somebody that cares about you, they're going to be compassionate and they're going to want to help you in any way that they can. And I, I just can't stress it enough, finding a therapist that you would like, um, whether, even if you have to go meet three different people and figure out like who you want to like work with. Um, I think it's just being open and honest with somebody, whether it's a therapist or a family member or going to seek treatment or anything like that. Like, don't be ashamed of it you know, because you can work through it and you can get better and you can change it, you know, as long as you're putting in the work for it. Um, yeah. And also it's like, you know, nothing is going to get better if you don't speak up and do something about it. You know what I mean? The longer you sit there in silence and just suffering, the worse it's going to get, you're going to fall deeper into a hole and it's going to make it 10 times worse. So just speak up right now. Uh, you know, it's never too late. And honestly, if you are worried, if if you do talk to some people and they don't, have a great response to it, then you probably should reevaluate what those people are doing in your life because anyone who really truly loves you and cares about you is going to listen to you with an open open mind, open ears, and really, you know, want to help you. So it's like, you know, if, if you're worried about people not wanting to help you or they might judge you, then you you might want to reevaluate uh, why they're in your life in the first place. That's so That's true. Good you point. Know, uh, a saying that we enjoy using, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but, you know, <laughs> You're going to be too much for some people. Those aren't your people. Oh, love that. So true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, and that's, and it is, it's very true. You know, um, Beck, I'm, I'm going to mention this real quick, babe. Okay. Um, is going, it is, but... yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> is going, is going on five years of surviving a suicide attempt. And oh, great. 
Awesome. You know, five years of uh, no self-injury too. Yeah. Five years of no self-injury. And when she first went through that, she lost some people in, in her life. There were people that walked away. There were people that ran away. And in that moment, we realized who, who our people truly were, you know, and, and, you know, it's sad that it took something like that, but you find that the people that stayed and the people that cared and the people that were supportive, that's family, you know, Mm -hmm. family isn't blood. Um, I, I firmly believe that. I mean, yeah, family is blood in so much as you share DNA, but the people that really, truly care about you don't always have to be blood relatives. Yeah. You know, I totally so, agree. Sometimes, sometimes you have the ability to pick your family. Mm-hmm. And, um, I consider a lot of my girls, my close, my close girlfriends, I consider them like sisters. I mean, I have a, a friend that's a guy that I grew up with since I was two and I consider him my cousin. And I totally agree. Like if people love you and support you, sometimes pe- those people will love you and support you more than some family members will. So I, I mm-hmm. totally agree. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, I, I know Let me, you want to yeah, do that yeah, one. Okay. She wants to do this one, guys. I'm going to do this one. She's going to do this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I'm, I'm, I know that we've touched a little bit on how you decided to come forward and be on our show. Um, do you want to kind of tell that story? Give some, give some Oh yeah. Well, um, well, uh, I know, obviously, like I said, we chit-chat a little bit, I think a year ago or something, uh, when I followed you or whatever on Twitter. Um, but at, especially after this recent thing with Kate and, and her going back to treatment um, and stuff, I saw a lot of stuff online that was um, super just, you know, really negative, very ignorant and uh, and, and cruel and stuff. People were, you know, thinking that uh, – you you know, Kate was doing this for a storyline for the show, or like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, I saw a post that someone made. Um, I was supposed to go on this, person's, you know, podcast or whatever, um, and we were talking about it, planning on doing it, and then, um, you know, I saw one of his colleagues or coworkers, whatever you want to call it, post something about Kate. It was very, you know, mocking her suicidal ideation, her depression, uh, which totally just, you know, obviously pissed me off. <laughs> Was the first right. thought, um, but I did respond and kind of gave my thoughts on the on the whole situation, and then I uh, and then I thought in my head, I'm like, you know, this is a stigma that's still surrounding this. I mean, my wife has been super open and honest about her struggles, and uh, you know, vulnerable with all that that she you know displayed on TV, and people are still like it's still there. Like no, and I realized that the fight is not over. We've really got to keep mm-hmm. moving. We got to keep going. We got to keep fighting and talking about this kind of stuff because obviously it's not over. And so that's when I reached reached out to you and Rebecca and was like, "Listen, I want to go on your podcast. You're, you know, let's, let's screw that other podcast. I want to go on this one and I want to talk. I want to get the message out there. It's important." And no, I'm we're really glad that you did. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're well, we're that's the, well. That's sorry. I was going to say that's the first time I've ever heard about some podcast mocking me. So good job for sticking up for me, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we we are uh i know i've said this a couple times already but we're truly honored that you wanted to talk with us you know so thank you um you know just it, it on a lot of levels it means a lot to us you know um personally as fans um as advocates 
you know, you guys have a strong, powerful voice. Uh, yeah, definitely. In in this community and in this uh, focus of, of bringing attention to mental health and um, for for you to want to talk with us about that, uh, it just it 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 means more than we can say. So thank you. Well, no problem. I mean, honestly, I want to thank you guys for just making this podcast. It's super important, and it and it, and it does a lot of good. Uh, the book that you wrote, Rebecca, probably help. I mean, help thousands of people you never would even know. You know, it's kind of crazy. Me and Kate mm-hmm. always, you know, see these responses from people. We don't really call them fans. We call them supporters. We feel like using the word mm-hmm. fans is like weird but uh, <laughs> anyway uh, all of our supporters out there you know seeing their responses and kind of you know even seeing stuff as, as as big as you know um my wife went and got help today because she saw your wife and whatever and, and i didn't get mad at her i didn't say anything to her because i saw how you responded and it was just, it just it, it, it it's for a reason you know it's, there's a bigger purpose here that we can kind of use our platform for and i realize that so we're just kind of trying to you know Put it out there. Keep it going. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm gonna change. Side. <laughs> I'm gonna change gears a little bit. Um, that's okay. Yeah. You have you have also launched a children's clothing line. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, sure. We'll love to talk about tierrain.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, T-I-E-R-R-A-R-E-I-G-N.com. Uh, no, uh, but yeah. So we uh. Me and Kate talked about it for a while, uh, something that we wanted to do uh, with children. Um, but when, you know, I guess when, you know, people look at starting these companies, I guess they look at kind of a few things really quickly as far as profit, money, whatever goes, and how everyone else does it, we'll just do what they do, whatever. Um, but the more we thought about it, the more we kind of like wanted it to be more intimate, something more personable, um, and something that really kind of made a difference. So that's when we decided to you know, keep um, our children's clothing, you know, made locally right here in Detroit, Michigan, uh, you know, supports the community. It's all, you know, all these women that work at Detroit Sewn is what it's called. And uh, all these women work there. They're, 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 you know, they're awesome. They're amazing. Um, and so a lot of our, you know, all that, all of our personally designed stuff uh, is made right here in the USA and, 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 you know, yeah. And in Detroit. So we, you know, I've kind of gotten the adventure of designing these clothes and stuff, and it's really kind of crazy. Uh, I didn't think I'd be doing this, but here I am. So uh, I'm learning a lot, and uh, it's you know, it's just a uh, um, we're, we figured we wanted to do something a little more, uh, you know, like I said, passion, a little more passion behind it. So, and let's just be honest. I mean, Tyler definitely is like the man of this clothing line. He does like the bulk <laughs> workload of it. I like post pictures. And you know, support. <laughs> I all wrap some stuff in tissue paper. Like I definitely want to say so, but it's like he is like, you know, the boss man when it comes to tear rain for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, and definitely something to be proud of. I mean, that's you know, that's great. Yeah, you I've know. seen. I feel, you I know, feel like if you have pa- yeah, I feel like if you have passion for something, you just keep the passion alive, keep the fire going. I mean, honestly, I source all the fabrics myself. I, you know, I figure each thing out i wash it feel it touch it stretch it um you know because I'm, I'm i look at it, i try to run the business as if i was you know a consumer who what would i want i have a kid i know you know i want something stretchy but soft I, you know what i mean so it's, it's kind of like you know and i don't know i feel like with the kids clothing nowadays it's get we're get, it's getting rough you know you can't find anything really cool looking 
uh, for boys especially without having Thomas the train or some dinosaur stand on the front or whatever. <laughs> you know, just because they're kids doesn't mean they got to dress like, you know, they're going to church every day or they're, you know, some sweatpants, Thomas the train, you know, whatever, pup, puppy patrol, whatever. So anyway. Plus stuff I isn't made the same either. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to do something a little more, a little more edgy, a little more urban. So, yeah, it's, it's become a kind of a crazy uh, thing over here in this business. <laughs> yeah, and not not that we hate on dinosaurs or anything. We, we like dinosaurs. No, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Go, go. I don't, okay, I'm not even gonna go there. Go, go Jurassic World. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I. I wish I could say just ignore him, but that wouldn't work for the show. <laughs> um, hey, I agree I, I with him. You... I love Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kay. I appreciate that. Um, I got to ask this of Tyler really quick before we jump into those questions. Okay. This is a personal question, Tyler, um, because I'm I'm aware of your fandom on this. So really quick, Bale or Affleck? Oh God! Oh no! It's so okay. How oh, God? It's hard. You can't. Okay, I know she's very much okay. So I think Christian Bale was was uh, okay. He should have toned the voice down uh, in the second and third movie. The first one, Batman Begins, he sounded great. I just stuck with that kind of raspy yeah. voice. Uh, I will say that he is perfect for you know Christopher Nolan and his little universe that he created. It fits well. However. I do think Affleck is the most comic book accurate Batman we've seen ever on screen. That's just hands Thank down. You. That's what I think. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually was going to ask that question. That's so funny that you said it. So I was going to ask. It's been that. bugging me, so I, I I needed to know. Yeah, I, we agree. Uh, we we love uh-huh. Affleck as Batman, and if, if good, I, he looks good. Everything. Oh. Yeah. I just wish they would have started him on it sooner so that by the second movie he wasn't like, Oh, I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and exactly. Find a replacement. But, yeah. but Justice League, he was really I was it was good. And nothing nothing beats uh that warehouse fight scene uh in Batman vs. Superman, but anyway. Yeah. 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 That was great. <laughs> so. All right, I just I had to get that out of the way. Um I had to establish <laughs> that. So as yeah. he's wearing his Batman T-shirt. I, I am wearing a Batman T-shirt. Oh my God! <laughs> I didn't even realize. I didn't think about it. That's funny. All right, so I think at this point we're going to go into some of the fan questions, just because we're, supporter questions. I'm sorry, supporter questions, <laughs> because uh, we're running over a little bit here. So the first one, uh, Caitlin, is so funny, and I don't know if you saw this because you haven't been online as much, but. Your brother Nick actually posed a question. No way. Oh my God. Yeah, he did. He's so funny. <laughs> His question was, and I have it memorized, was I know he said, I know that I'm your brother, but who is your favorite person on the show? Oh, okay, Nicholas. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> I can't I will if Mm, if I had to pick a favorite, I wouldn't pick any cast members because I love Amber and Macy equally. Um, we're like the three stooges. So, little brother Nick, <laughs> it would have to be Kiki Malone. She would be my favorite on the show. Yeah, we haven't Aww. seen her this year, or this, this season, have we? Yeah, not really. I know she worked a little bit with Amber, but she also got um, a promotion. Oh, 
So mm. she's not like oh, great. she's not my producer anymore. I work with Kersey, so like I have a new producer, but she's still my favorite. She's my daughter's godmother. And wow. Um, yeah, Nova Nova calls her Mama Kiki. So, cute. I would have to say, yeah, because I can't pick a castmate because I love them both equally. So, I would have to say Kiki is one of my favorites. Okay. Aww. So, hopefully your brother got the answer. To, well, he'll, he'll listen to this and he'll get the answer. <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe he wanted it to be him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good possibility. Yep. Okay. So, the first question is from at star Wonster. Some of these, some of these screen names, I'm a, I'm not a hundred percent sure on, but <laughs> some of them are kind of confusing. But you, I'm going with it. Yeah. Star Wonster would love to know your tips for dealing with anxiety. Oh well, for me, I think it would be therapy. Um, also, if I keep myself busy by doing things that helps a lot, um, finding like something that you enjoy to do, um, like I'm obsessed with everything lavender, like seriously obsessed. Um, <laughs> like literally when Tyler was just answering a question, I went in the bathroom and sprayed myself with my lavender oil. Um, <laughs> but that's me. I'm like obsessed with lavender. Um, but also like, you know, I'll go, I'll, I, I have a horse, so, you know, I'm starting to, since I'm home now and we just traveled a lot, going out there more often to see her and ride her and, um, going to my therapy, um, meditation, yoga, um, deep breathing is like the cure, one of the cures for anxiety. Um, <laughs> there's natural medications you can take like l which like doesn't get you high like Xanax or anything like that. Um, or there's this thing called Calm Forte, which is like, it's actually a sleep aid. You can take it for sleep, but it's, but you can, if you take one, one of them, it's also good to relieve anxiety and it's all natural. So there's like all natural medications out there as well too. Um, also like, you know, for me, I have to be on medication because of obviously my brain being sick. So I have to take, I take like an SNRI every day. Mm-hmm. So I had a genetic, I had, I got a genetic testing done. Uh, which I think is very important because I found out, like, if you see a psychiatrist or, you know, you should ask for genetic testing off, like, first thing first. Because I, when I went to treatment, I found out that the medication that I've been on for five years didn't even work for me. So, oh, jeez. Yeah, my body, I was, like, super fast metabolizer. I was taking 150 milligrams of it. It used to be 200 milligrams. And then my doc, and so my, my doctor there when I was in treatment told me like, you're lucky if you were even getting 25 milligrams of it, if that, you know, you might not have been mm. even getting anything. So he's like, so it makes sense why you weren't getting any better. Yeah. So genetic testing was like, you know, I paid a lot of money for it, but your insurance can cover it, but some insurance companies don't, but it's worth it. Like instead of having to do trial and error and try different medications and that one didn't work, this one didn't work, you know, like it was just like, wow. I'm like, I'm so glad that I did that. Oh. Wow. That's, that's something we haven't heard of. Thank sure, you for. I sure wish I'd known about that 25, oh 30 years ago. No, so, oh my God. It's crazy. It's so important because when you get the genetic testing done, it, they literally give you a list and it will tell you every single med- medication that work, that your body works and breaks down perfectly at the right pace. And all the medication that does not, it has a big red X or a green check mark. So you can go down the list and you know for a fact that, okay, Zoloft's not going to work for me, but Zeke might. And then, 
you know, all the it's just crazy. It's really, it's, it's literally oh, it's genetic testing, genetic testing. Go get it done. Go get it done. <laughs> I I think we need to look into that for you, babe. Yeah. That's sure. awesome. Thanks for the tip. That's yeah, a, that's a really good tip, and, and that's not um, something anybody has I don't know. For. Yeah, I don't know exactly where Rebecca goes, but I do know that uh, the place that I go, Michigan Integrative Holistic Psychiatry in Michigan, they do the genetic testing. So. Hmm. Okay. Maybe we'll get the number from you later. You don't have to actually yeah. go there as a patient, but they'll they'll do it. Like they do genetic testing. So. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. Next. Okay, so next, mm-hmm. uh, at Amaya Sailor, what can her boyfriend do when she's in her darkest depths of depression? How can she reassure him? Oh, wow. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, and then she's the one that's suffering from depression, correct? Yes. Right. So she's trying, okay. So I think, honestly, I think coming from like a spouse or, or, you know, a boyfriend perspective, um, just, you know, letting him know that like, this is, this is, this is kind of my own thing. Like you're not causing this. Like, I don't want you to get insecure about, you know, us as, as a couple, or if I love you or whatever, you know what I mean? Don't, you know, just don't take it personal. This is my own thing that I promise to you. I will take care of and, and, and manage and try to figure it all out. And, you know, I think that's the best thing from that kind of perspective, I would say. Yeah, yeah that's exactly I can, what we would say too. Yeah. I can second that, you know, making clear to him that it's, you know, it's not, if she's taking it's stuff out fault, on him, it's right. not his fault. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And we understand how hard it is obviously I understand how hard it is to um come out of my little bubble and focus on how someone else feels but it's it's absolutely has to be one of your primary goals and that's right as soon as as soon as I start to feel like possibly my mood is slipping down I tell him immediately because not only will he have some advice for me or you know be able to help me uh, get out of that mood it's important for him to know that he didn't screw something up and that's I'm just right. taking it out on him right so right. that's exactly that, that's what I would say would be the most important thing is communication 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 one other thing too yeah. that I I thought of is uh making sure that he knows that she doesn't expect him to fix it right yeah Big, huge thing right there, yeah. Because I feel like I feel like us as men, we really try. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you need me to do? Want me to go there? Do you need me? To, you know what I mean? We're get all like, you know, kind of be try being like doctor, and we're not. And so I think that's very important. Yeah, let him know that you know there's nothing you can do to really, you know, you're not you're not supposed to fix this for me. You're supposed to just support me and and, and right. help yeah, me too. Quote. So. There's a quote that's something along the lines of, you know, I'm I'm not expecting you. To fix it, I just need you to sit here with me while I fix it myself. Right. So I think yeah. that's really important. Exactly. Okay, um, so at Schlee sucks. Schlee, S U X X. Her sister lost her baby 10 days before the due date in September. She has refused therapy. Do you have any suggestions on how to help her sister? I mean, I'm first of all, I'm sorry for her loss because I couldn't imagine like being that far along. I mean, when I had my miscarriage, I was probably only about a week and a half. 
or maybe uh, no, I think I found out super soon. Oh. Yeah. Um. So first of all, I'm just super sorry. Um. And maybe she's in a sense of like denial right now, depression denial. Like maybe she feels like I don't need to go. I'll fix it on my own. I'm, nothing's wrong with me. And I guess I would just really just keep checking on her and just asking her, like, you know, are you sure you don't want to go to therapy? You know, is there something I could go with you um, if you want me to, to be like that support system? Because you can't force anybody to go. But right. I think she needs to know that, you know, like, hopefully she listens to this because, you know, that is a traumatic experience that she just went through. Mm-hmm. And... I feel for me, I would have to talk about it. I would have to like process it and cry and be a mess with somebody that will just be there to listen and give me advice. Um, But I mean, as a sister, I think what I would do for my sister would be like, listen, I'll go with you. I'll be that support system. Or or if you want to sit here and talk about it with me and cry or, you know, like, I guess just keep checking in on her and making sure that, She's not like going into this huge deep hole either. Yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, and just, and just to add to a little bit of what Kate said, I mean, uh, I think the best thing, like you know, it's her sister, so she. I mean, the best thing to do, I feel like also is to support her is maybe just go online and, and, and print some, uh, you know, grief and loss, uh, how that process works because it is a long process and there is it, it and it it gets it, you know I think obviously if she has you know reluctancy to go to therapy that's one thing but at least um you know kind of get do some research as far as like a supporter of someone going through that and um you know just try to help her as much as you can with 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 stuff like that uh i know for a fact that me and kate uh had to do grief and loss and it really helped us because it helps you identify what stage you're really in because it's hard to know if you don't know you know so mhm right exactly yeah. and you know we our hearts go out to uh her sister as well mm-hmm. you know that's Definitely. you know as as a couple that doesn't have kids um you know we just we can't fathom how how heartbreaking that is so yeah it's our, something our that, that we have definitely never experienced but we can for sure understand um and, you know we've lost people actually very recently in our lives so you know know how the grief process is and you know i know for me personally i can't process it worth a damn i i go through all kinds of messed up stuff if something you know if i lose somebody so you know just the fact that she's coming on and and asking for some kind of help is is you know is a sign that she's definitely going to be there to support her sister i think yeah yep so we okay. Do you, do you want to do that or do you want to do that? Um, let's let's, do let's that. take our take take another break here. Okay, we're gonna take another break because things got heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys still there? We're, we're still we're, here. We're hanging in here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a little quiet over there for a minute. We got scared. <laughs> All right. No, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will so. see you on the other side of this break, and this is Nico with two hearts.
Hey, welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0. We were getting down. Uh, we were getting down. Um, I, I'm so happy we don't have video accompanying this show. Oh, dear God. Um, that would be brutal. Yeah, and, and really quick, Tyler, just to, to finish up what we were talking about during the break, if you lived closer, I would teach you how to play. For sure. Oh, well, you know, Kate I've been, used to actually take guitar lessons when she was younger, so. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. I feel, I feel like my hands are too small. That's what I've always said. <laughs> I've tried teaching her in the past. And um, there's ways around that, and there are instruments around that. Um, it's it's all a matter of going to the music store and spending 
a couple an hours. Infinite amount of time. An infinite amount of time wrong. trying out guitars <laughs> to uh, to see what you know um, what really fits. Well, I I really appreciate you saying that, Caitlin, because he always made me feel like I was a raving lunatic for saying that my hands are too small to play guitar. <laughs> so now I'm not so alone. Hard. <laughs> I'm, like that. I'm like, how am I supposed to make this chord? I can't stretch my hands like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, practice, 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 practice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, practice I would... and your fingers will get longer. They will. Right. So. <laughs> All right. But enough of that. Anyway, yeah. If you if you lived closer, I would gladly teach you, Tyler. I've been been teaching for five years now. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we uh, we touched on this question a little bit, too, but I wanted to uh, get more of an answer from you. Uh, at Carm333 wants to know if, Caitlin, will you try to limit your time on social media since studies show it negatively affects people's mental health? Yeah, absolutely. I, that's why I got I got rid of my iPhone. I use it for, like, business things. Like, if I need to post something for Tear Rain or I posted this really cool thing the other day. Um, that meant like a lot to me. So like, I'll go on there and I'll post like motivational stuff or post stuff for tear or rain. But yeah, other than that, like I have noticed too, like, even if I catch myself like on Twitter for too long or something and you read something negative, like it doesn't do anything good for you. Um, I thought about just like deleting my Twitter and just keeping my Instagram and like, you know, everything like that, because yeah, I just feel like it's just not healthy, honestly, especially when you have Mm -hmm. lots of followers, like, I feel like sometimes it's healthy. Like I get a lot of people that are like really super supportive and, and positive and things like that. But um, yeah, it's just like, I feel like it's just like wasting a lot of time on there when I could be doing something like more beneficial with my time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about all, all that with wasting time on Twitter. Well, it's like, and this might be sort of cliche, but it's like Dr. Phil has said before, it takes something like 10 attaboys to counter uh you screwed up. So if you're reading all this po- all this positive stuff and then somebody throws in there with something completely negative, it crashes down all the positive stuff that you had just got done reading and were feeling pretty good about because now all you can do is focus on the negative. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. I find that in my own personal life, it, it, I could I could just read that, you know, I save somebody's life and the next thing will be yeah but you suck and that's all I'll be able to think about is you suck if you save somebody yeah. you suck <laughs> right like how do people why didn't, come up with that stuff? I don't know why didn't you save the puppy exactly, the puppy. exactly. <laughs> oh my god uh, anyway. alright so next uh, <laughs> at KT Mummy would like to know do you think it's important for both parents to have therapy? And Kate, did you find going to rehab helped more than just therapy? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, uh, well, me, see, me and Kate started going to therapy when we were like 18, only because, you know, uh, we were, yeah, yeah, we had some issues as far as like, you know, uh, after Carly was placed and stuff and we wanted to process together and all that kind of stuff. So we started therapy pretty early, but, uh, we, yeah, we went separate. We went together a, a lot. Um, but I think parents is good because, uh, you know, sometimes, especially in the today's, oh, my God, today's day and age, like, 
I mean, parents, we are the worst. We're, we criticize every other. I mean, we're so critical about everything, especially online. It's horrible. And it's like we're all on the same team here. We're all trying to raise happy, healthy kids. So I mean, we're all, I don't know why we're out here bashing people for not using organic shampoo and not, you know, it's like, stop. Like, the kids fed. There's a, they have a house. They're great. They're sheltered. They're good. They're fine. Um, but, yeah, but I also, I also think parents, um, in order to create happy, healthy kids, they have to be happy and healthy themselves um, because right. the kids look up to us. So I think going to therapy is always, like, I, I always advocate for it all the time, especially parents. And then um, about, like, the treatment stuff, um, like, I feel like therapy is always good. Um, I feel like I mostly went to treatment because of, like, having really bad suicidal ideation. And then I came home, and the other, and then when I went back again, it was to really get my meds corrected, which I'm so I'm glad that I did it because I found out that I was on the wrong medication. I was there for six weeks, and it takes you know about four weeks for your medications to fully like kick in and see how they're doing. Um, and I learned a lot of stuff. I learned a lot about how the traumas from my childhood really like affect me in my adult life. And how it triggers my anxiety when certain things happen that remind me of my of my trauma. Um, I learned a lot about just like a lot about myself, about how oh boy, so much like how. Um, so first of all, the trauma, but they talk a lot about like inner child stuff, which is like if something happens to you in your adult life, then you automatically say like, say Tyler's gone for a week because he has to go do something for business. I would notice that I would start getting a little bit of anxiety, and it's because I'm that 12-year-old girl at that moment when my dad left, and I feel like I'm being abandoned and that he's never going to come back. When in reality, I know logically, like, that of course he's coming home. Like, why are you having anxiety? It's dumb, you know, but it's that inner child stuff where it's that 12-year-old speaking to you, that hurt, sad, angry 12-year-old Caitlin that's coming out and that's when you have to work on that. And it's like, okay, I'm being 12 years old right now. I, mm-hmm. focus, you know, I'm focusing on my dad's, my dad abandoning me. Um, right. Like, yeah. Calm yourself down. Little Caitlin in there, <laughs> you know, like, um, there's just lots of different things. And then also realizing too, that it's like when I get out, when I get out of rehab and treatment, I don't like to call it rehab because I wasn't there for drugs, but it makes sense because it is rehab. But, When I got out of treatment, it's like, okay, I need to see, like, a therapist at least. The minimum right now is, like, twice a week, you know, and seeing a a trauma therapist to really work on this trauma because my anxiety won't be so high if I'm working on that trauma and, like, you know, rewiring your brain and doing – I did EMDR, um, which is, like, your sensory and working on the nervous system and, you know, focusing on your traumas when you're doing those types of things. And that seemed to help because that helps kind of like rewire your your brain a little bit um, with the traumas and stuff. So um, yeah, because a lot of people don't like Tyler was saying like a lot of people don't trauma is a diagnosis, but it it is. Um, that's why I have such yeah. high anxiety um, and things like that is because of my traumas. Um, so it was super beneficial. Of course, I missed my family and I missed my daughter. And the second week I was there, I wanted to come home and you know. And that also comes from being an adult child of an alcoholic. We don't ever want to see things through to the end or we think that we're like, oh, I feel better. Um, Now I can go Mm -hmm. home. And it's like, no, you know, like you really got to work on it. So 
it was super beneficial and I'm, you know, I'm glad that I did it. I, I felt guilty at first and I had to really process through that of like not feeling guilty. Um, but no, I'm glad that I did it because I learned a lot of new things and of course I got my medication all situated and figured out, which is really good. Yeah, yeah that's, that's super important. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's cool. also great that you're so self-aware. Like it took me a long time to get to a stage where I was self-aware enough to know what was going on with me or, or what, you know, what I saw as, as coming towards me, you know, and now I can predict almost, you know, when I, I can feel, I guess I should say when I'm starting to slink down into the dumps, you know, and I can tell him before I even really fully come to terms with it myself because it's so important. Like we were saying for, you know, you to let your spouse know. Yeah. And that that helps prepare me. Yeah. Becoming self-aware is, is one of the most difficult things in my opinion. So it's great that, you know, you were able to get those skills from, you know, the, facility that you went to thanks yeah and I think it's hard sometimes like I'm not always self-aware but Mm -hmm. with certain things I am I feel like you said it's hard it definitely is hard to like realize like oh like I just knew like when I was having the suicidal ideation and like picturing things that I could use to kill myself I just knew off of like this is not right I'm not this type of person you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like I was like something is off here but no it is a hard thing and I appreciate your tip of like you know, saying like how, how you let your husband know, like, Hey, I'm starting to feel this way. Like, that's something that I need to work on too. It's like me and Tyler have talked about that. Like if I start feeling anxiety, even if it's just today, just tell him like, Hey, this morning I woke up and I had a little bit of anxiety. I don't know why, but I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's good. Like definitely something that I need to, you know, me and Tyler have talked about that. I need to be more open with that too. Cause I automatically, it does help. Scenario. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it really does. You know, it helps mentally prepare me. And, you know, especially if I talk with her during the course of the day, um, one thing that I'll I'll do, and I know this helps brighten her day, and this is a little tip to the fellas out there, all right? Um, Don't be afraid to spend money on flowers. Yes. Just putting that out there, you know. Yes. Um, It's a... It's a small, it's a small gesture that like, goes. Testify. <laughs> small gesture that they now appreciate. Now she's really saying preach. I'm, I'm saying this as I look at the bouquet. The flowers he brought me home the other day. Yeah. So also, you know. Yeah, and make sure you know your woman's flower. Yep. Yeah. Not all girls yeah. like roses. This is true. Mm-hmm. This is very true. <laughs> preach on, brother. <laughs> All right, so let's try to get a couple more questions in here. This one is for Tyler. It's from at Mrs. Miller 52415. How do you keep your own mental health in check when it seems everything else is falling apart? That's a good question. Okay. Uh, well, first, in order to – got to acknowledge everything's falling apart first, I think. <laughs> you know, acknowledge, <laughs> you know, what's around you. Try not to put your head in the sand. I hate. I try to say that to a lot of people. It's like, don't put your head in the sand. Don't pretend like this is gonna go away. Don't pretend that this is like a little phase. Oh, this will get. I'll die out of this. It's like, no. If you feel it, feel it, process it, think about it, talk to someone about it. You know, um, like me. I mean, obviously, going through everything I did super young, 
Um, I, I know, and I'm pretty sure Rebecca, you know, with your diagnosis, you kind of, you can just feel, you can tell my, 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 um, uh, my, my thinking will start getting a little mm-hmm. different. I'll start kind of getting either a little more irritated, or a little more like, like almost like, uh, uh, don't care too much. And really it's like, whoa, Tyler, no, this is like, you, you always care about this. This is important. You know what I mean? Stuff like little things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, knowing your triggers and, and, and just kind of, you know, the, the, know we, the, the more we know about ourselves and, and are familiar with, 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 you know, how we work, uh, the better we can kind of attack it, the earlier on we can acknowledge it and get it taken care of. And that's why I'm just saying the only reason I'm able to do that is because of therapy. I would never be able to know any of this if I did not have a therapist show me, teach me, kind of guide me um, into better understanding my own mental health and how my brain works and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I just kind of I, – I really, really pay attention to my body and my thoughts and uh, how my thoughts affect my body, how my, you know, just everything. I, I'm very um, internal with myself. I, I always do – I'm always self-checking. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, when I feel something, I talk about it, you know, so. Okay. That's good. That's I feel good like answer. I'm on Family Feud. Good answer, good answer. <laughs> 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 I always said I could never be – I could never be on that show because somebody on my team would come up with some boneheaded response and I wouldn't be able to go, good answer, good answer. I'd be like, you yeah. moron. <laughs> you guys have no idea how accurate that statement is. <laughs> oh, uh. um, hang on one second. We're getting a note from our producer. Hopefully he will elaborate a little bit. <laughs> you follow that. I'm going to try to get another question here. Okay. Uh, Kelly underscore Oswalt says, you are both amazing and inspirational. For both of you coming from traumatic backgrounds, what would you as adults tell you as children? Um, for me, what I learned is like, what I, what I tell my inner child a lot is that I did the best I could. I'm enough um, that it wasn't my fault. Um, and honestly, what I like to say a lot to myself now is that my past does not define me. It just strengthens me for my future. Um, so I think, like, a lot of, like, positive self-talk. I mean, obviously, the negative self-talk tries to slip in there a lot. But I always mm-hmm. try to like think. I always try to think of like the positive. Like I always try to like really just a lot of positive self talk. A lot of positive self talk. How about what I say to my older okay. self? Keep your keep your damn mouth shut, and you'll be like <laughs> <a> lot here. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would have kept me not kicked out of school all the time. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I guess I, what I would tell my uh, what I would tell my younger self is to. Um, uh, I guess try to learn patience and not don't think that you're the cause of everything that happened around you. I think as kids that come from traumatic kind of rough backgrounds and growing up, we kind of get this, we internalize things like, Oh, well, that was my fault. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that and made him angry. I shouldn't, have, or I should have, you know, maybe paid more attention. And, yeah. All these, I should, I should, I should, instead of being like, no, you know, you, you were a child, and it wasn't your responsibility. That you, you know, there was somebody else that that, that failed. It wasn't you. Um, it was the parent. 
around you or whoever would care of you, whoever, you know, created that traumatic kind of rough childhood. So a lot of, kind of the same thing as what Kate said, it's just not your fault. Um, and, uh, you know, just because you came come from a certain environment doesn't mean that you can't break away from that and form your own opinions about life and your own morals and, you know, create your own kind of values, uh, you know, family values and life values yourself. And you can, you know, kind of create your own, um, you know, future, I guess. And your uh, environment and traumatic background does not have to, you know, do that for you. So. Yeah, Very cool. Well, we're um, we gotta. We the, have to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we uh, no, apparently. No, no. I know. <laughs> we we apparently have to do a, a hard close today because blog talk is gonna cut us off at exactly two hours. Yeah. So we don't so, want to be in the middle of conversation when it cuts us off. So. Yeah. So we don't want to be talking all of a sudden. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, uh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, really. Yeah, let me just. Um, really quick where can people find you guys on social media Um, on Instagram it is Caitlin MTV and then on Twitter it's Caitlin um, Caitlin Baltera actually no my username is my maiden name Caitlin Lowell L-O-W-E-L-L and then it's Caitlin MTV on Instagram and then mine is Tyler Baltera MTV on Instagram, and then at Tyler Baltera on Twitter, and then on Facebook we have the Caitlin Tyler's uh, official fan page, you know, blue road check mark verified. Um, yeah, and then Tierra Rain uh, dot com, um, and yeah, so there you go. Sweet. Very good. Well, it has been our absolute pleasure talking with you guys today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, thanks for being on with us. Um, I think we talked a lot uh, about a lot of great things today and Mm -hmm. hopefully we broke some stigma and got some awareness out there and, um, you know, oh, now he tells us we got four minutes to talk. (laughs) We're on panic (laughs) mode. (laughs) Scott, why you do? (laughs) We're all freaking out. out. Oh my God, it's a Chinese fire drill. The world is falling apart. Oh God! Why? Oh, the humanity. Okay, stop. Well, you know the good. Right. The good thing about the good thing about it is though that I, 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 you know, I don't think this will be mine and Caitlin's uh, last appearance on this podcast. I was going to say. I was going to say I would like to come back and do more. We, yeah, we would love that. We would absolutely love that, and you guys are welcome back anytime. Come back every week if you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anything, anything to support Michiganders. That's yeah. right. Exactly. For you sure. Know. So, and we got to get the word out on anything new that comes across with you guys. Um, what is next for you guys? Honestly, uh, the next thing for me is just continuing to, you know, improve, learn, and, and, and cater to these customers for Tierra Rain and just keep plugging away and coming up with new designs and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, me and Caitlin got a couple of things in the back burner. I got a couple of specials that I'll be pitching to MTV about um, different kind of show ideas and stuff like that so yeah we're just kind of continue you know finish our house renovation and yeah and and i'm going to continue to be a little bit more selfish and continue going to therapy and really you know focusing on myself since i'm home now a little bit um because you know as a as a people pleaser like i am and a caretaker i have to remember to take care of myself first and then i can take care of other people yeah absolutely really important uh, Kate is talking to the MTV right now about doing a mental health special, so hopefully 
this whole oh, that's awesome. up and that we can, you know, impact more lives and kind of, uh, you know, have MTV help us with that um, message. So that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, Definitely. Well, well, you know, you got two people right here that would tune in. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I might, hey, I might just be in there and you might just have to come on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you, you guys are interesting. I've done enough huh? of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on Dr. Drew. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm kidding. I tease. He's kidding. Yeah. Anyway, I did want to put this out there for both of you, too, that um, I am here for you guys at any time. Um, you know, Tyler has my number, and if something comes up and, you know, I've been dealing with this stuff for more than 20 years. So I have some frame of reference as to, you know, helping out and talking people through situations. So if anything comes up, please don't hesitate to reach out to me as well. No, I appreciate it because I probably will be. I think me, uh, you know, for me kind of learning about this new bipolar diagnosis, you know, I think you could probably really help me, <laughs> you know, figure out. Definitely. All this stuff out yeah. So I appreciate it. And, and I have to know how you, how you like my book once you get that. Yeah, well, I got—I actually got it in the mail. I got it in the mail. Um, okay, good. So Sweet. We're gonna give that. A, yeah, check that out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, if you ever want a guitar lesson, <laughs> anyway. oh, I know who to call. Hey. That's right. So, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna close out here uh, with Brandon and James with the song "We Belong." Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks for being with us, and everybody have a great day.
Join us next week as Rebecca and Joe continue to battle the stigma of mental illness. Follow us on Twitter at Voices for Change RJ and on Facebook at Voices for Change 2.0.